So in this podcast, we're going to look at lesson coaching. Lesson coaching, what is it? It certainly isn't lesson observations. And in many ways, lesson observations are seen the day. They don't support that ongoing development of teaching and learning. They're too far spaced out. They take too long. They don't have the impact. Lesson coaching still has that aspect of observation, but it's shorter, more frequent, and importantly, it supports the teacher in developing the skill of teaching and has greater impact on pupils. When we go in schools, we see lesson observation used in very different ways. There's the traditional model of where we sit at the back, take our notes and give feedback, and they may happen once every three, four, five weeks. We're seeing that that's moving away significantly in a lot of our schools, and the use of, um, and I put in inverted commas, the learning walk takes place. It's more where a leader may have a focus, they're wanting to look at questioning and they will drop into a range of classes looking at questioning and then provide either individual or whole school feedback or that can actually support them in terms of some whole school CPD. And I think that's got real value and really can support the ongoing practice within a school. The aspect that I want to look at is that lesson observation one-on-one where you're actually in the classroom observing the practice of that individual teacher. And we need to maximise the impact that that work has. And leaders really need to examine for how long do those observations take place, how often they are, and how are the outcomes of those actually really followed up so that they actually make the improvements that they want actually happen within the individual classrooms. I feel the learning walks have their place in terms of those whole school issues and looking at key aspects and that informs that wider CPD and we know that leaders leading CPD of teachers is critical so that's important but I actually believe every teacher is entitled to be provided with that individual improvement support whether you're outstanding, whether you're needing key improvements in areas, there is an entitlement for teachers to have that one-to-one professional development. And it doesn't have to take a lot of time. It can be just 15 minutes. That's all it needs to be if it's focused appropriately and time is given to rich feedback then we can really develop the quality of every individual. The starting point is that you need to be on a common page with the teacher. If you're only going in for a short period of time, what's the aspect of their lessons they're struggling with? If they're getting great outcomes in books and in terms of pupil outcomes in maths, but in English it's not, you don't want to be in when it's observing a maths lesson. So there is that level of needing to focus on the aspect that you both agree is an area of potential development for that member of staff. So that's that's the key point. The next stage is that you would go in for a very short period of time, 10 or 15 minutes, where you're actually observing that piece of work and looking at what is the key marginal gain in that aspect of teaching and learning that if coached and given the feedback on, that teacher can improve on. I reflect on this at the moment. I've just taken up golf lessons for the first time ever. Now, if I went to the golf course for four weeks and then got observed for half an hour and given a list of things that improve, I'd be as bad as I am still now. But when I go, 
They observe me for 10 or 15 minutes. They model and they coach me on that work. And then they give me time to practice. And then they come back. And it's that same type of coaching model that we're trying to bring to lesson observations, that we have that short observation, but really effective feedback that allows the teacher to take hold of that aspect and improve it in a week. My ideal scenario is that every teacher should be observed every week for 10 or 15 minutes, definitely for NQTs, definitely for RQTs. For any other teacher, should be fortnightly. So we've said the starting point is around getting the context right and actually having that agreed between the two supports a collaboration in that approach. And there shouldn't be any grades or judgments in terms of when I've done the observation. You know, my golfing coach doesn't say that's absolutely rubbish, Darren. I think sometimes he probably is thinking that, but it's that praise and support. And it's just now we need to work on that. And because he's identified something that is appropriate for me for work on, I can feel the success of it and I can get the praise from it straight away. So as a teacher, as they go through the process, they really do feel it's developmental. It's not about, you're not doing that right, we've got to improve you. And also, if there's the culture within the school that this is happening to everybody, it's not, I've been picked out for one-to-one, week on week, oh, I mustn't be as good as teacher Y. It's all of us are part of this process. And it remains confidential, the aspect that you're working on with the individual teacher. The feedback is really, really critical and can look at a range of different examples. And I've seen some of our leaders doing it in different ways. Doug Lomoff recommends an approach. And I've got to say, when I consider all the different ranges, it's probably one of the best. So that's what I would share. Starting point is praise. You've been in that class. That teacher's allowed you into their space, giving some praise for something that they've seen. You know, when I've been in classes, you know, it was really effective how you described the behaviour of those children who was settling down, listening and looking to the front. It really brought the other children in. That really settled them down after break. So giving that praise of, of where you're working. And then it's avoiding that confrontation in terms of, oh, I noticed this, I wasn't happy with that. It's a question that actually hopefully leads them to that area. So, for example, I remember when I was in observing one of one of the teachers for a short period of time, and I said after, when you'd completed your input at the front on the carpet, what did you find that you were immediately having to do once the children had gone to the desk to begin the activity task that you'd actually set them to practice the area of learning that you'd been teaching? Because in that instance, what the teacher had modelled and the equipment they'd used up front was different than what the children had at the tables. And the teacher was tied up with trying to explain the task again. So through that questioning, you then move to what I'd say the next point is, is really identifying what the area is they worked on, you know. So I noticed that you really modelled the lesson well at the beginning. You shared them the process for doing the addition. You used a number line. But when the children went back, the task was in a very different 
layout, they were using counters, they were unsure what to do at that first stage. So you couldn't support those children who needed additional support or those that needed challenged so what could we change to in, in terms of ensuring that work? So you've got the praise, the question, you identify the area, and then model. I don't mean you get up and teach and they've got to observe. You actually talk about what it would look like differently. So in that example, you'd have said, what would the modelling the teacher give have been different, where the number line would have been up so that the teacher can concretely see what it is they would have to do and then a critical point is don't leave it and say right go off and do it you plan ahead so you say so what matter are you doing tomorrow so what would we do at the beginning of the lesson and how does that follow on with the task so you're actually giving them the helping hand ready for there if it was a way in which they were managing behavior you'd model it you'd say exactly what the teacher would say and the final step is so I'll pop in maths lesson next Friday, what time do you think? And we'll see how that transition in that part is going. And the following week, you've got a bit of a review of what they were supposed to be doing. If it needs continual modification, you still work on that. Or you identify the next aspect. And it's that ongoing journey of coaching and support, but one-to-one CPD to improve that quality of teaching and learning. In terms of recording the feedback and the information, you don't want detailed long pieces. One, it makes it too formal for the teacher. Also, it's time consuming for whoever is the person who's done the observations. Where I've seen it done really effectively and um, Cravenwood, where they have a similar model, it's the date and just one sentence that summarizes what the teacher is focusing on the following week under that sentence is an evaluation of how that's been inputted. So it just balances it as it goes. So basically talking one line per week and that's manageable and doesn't feel too much for anybody. Within the school, all leaders should be part of that process, including the head. The head's role is yes to do some of it themselves because they can demonstrate they're able to identify it. But there is a time when the head should actually be observing their leaders in doing it. Are they identifying the right things? Are they giving feedback that's appropriate so that the people who are doing the observations get the quality CPD in the leadership work that they're doing? As that culture of support and coaching develops through a school, then the real power comes where you get peer-to-peer But if you allow that peer-to-peer to just happen without the QA of supporting and coaching the person doing the observations, it'll remain low level. So that peer-on-peer coaching steps up at each level as you move along. The perception of lesson observations has been very much I'm being checked, I'm being judged, and I'm getting a grade. Fortunately, we've significantly moved away from that because one lesson doesn't say whether you're a great teacher or not. If you're just going in for short periods of time, it's not judgmental with grades, it's not linked into performance management, and it is really coaching and supportive, 
then that culture changes. If you've got an old traditional model and you move straight to this, there will be that fear at first. But I know from the practice that happens in our schools that we see that that culture readily shifts. And, you know, Harriet Hamwell has a wonderful coaching model of different teachers supporting different staff. And that really grows in that collectiveness together. So hopefully from listening to the podcast, you can see the great power of lesson coaching and how within United Learning, developing that coaching culture within a school is empowering our schools to develop the teachers within there and support the learning of our pupils.